This morning I'm sharing on the message that I've titled Stronger Than Adversity. Stronger Than Adversity. 2018 for us, God said, it's made us stronger. Every month of this year, we're going to be sharing around, you know, the topic stronger. Stronger in marriage, stronger, you know, in career, stronger in something. But this morning, I'm, I'm sharing stronger than adversity. Stronger than adversity. Proverbs 24 and verse number 10. That's where I, wanted, I want to start from. Proverbs 24 and verse 10. Proverbs 24 and verse 10 in the New King James Version. He said, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. A good question would be to ask, how do we measure strength? How? How do you measure strength? The writer of the book of Proverbs says, one of the ways you can measure strength is to gauge it on adversity. Adversity, therefore, is a good way, good metric for strength. Adversity. Adversity. As we run from adversity, one of the, the services we're doing ourselves is that we're, we're refusing to measure the level of our strength. Message translation, Proverbs 24 and verse 10. It says, if you fall to pieces in crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. And I love the New International Version of the same uh, verse of uh, the book of Proverbs 24. It said, if you falter in time of trouble, how small is your strength? We measure strength based on the adversity that we confront. New Living Translation, Proverbs 24 and verse number 10. If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. Too small. Too small. How do I know? How strong I am. The kind of pressure that I can withstand. As a student of engineering, my first degree, I took a course in strength of materials. It's one of those courses you take, I think, in your year two, strength of materials. Yeah, especially if you are studying anything around mechanical engineering, you have to do strength of materials. And there you learn that there are, apart from the physics part of it, which is all the equations and all, the summary of everything is that all engineering materials have varying degrees of strength. And depending on what you're trying to fabricate, what you're trying to put together, you have to consider the strength of the material that you're using. If you're building a bridge, building this, you have to be able to calculate the strength of the material that you're using. Because that strength is what determines how they will do with forces and pressure so that they will not buckle or yield. So when you see a building collapse, the reinforcement, the strength of the reinforcement is what is giving way. When you see a bridge collapse, it's the strength of the reinforcement or the materials that are in use uh, based on the aggregation of forces coming upon it that is tearing it apart. And it's the same thing in life. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 7, made mention of the fact that the winds, the waves, and the forces of this world will not excuse anyone. Will not excuse anyone. Your lack of strength will not excuse the pressures and the forces of the world. Matthew 7 from the 24th verse. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man. Obviously, Jesus was saying that from the saints of mine, from the word of God, the hearing and the doing of the word of God, therefore, is a means to getting strength. Because he said, whoever does these saints of mine, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And he says, the rain descended, the flood comes, and the wind blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall. From the analogy I gave you know, from my knowledge of engineering, you understand that Jesus here was talking about engineering. Was talking about the forces that will come upon a house, upon a structure, upon a life. The fact that wherever I am on my journey in destiny, and whether I'm building strength or not, will not excuse me because in the time of rain, rain does not ask, have you finished the foundation of your house? Or have you roofed your house? Rain will just come. You are the one that will say, it's almost time for rain. Let's finish this roofing. Yeah. 
You are the one that will say, this foundation, is it strong enough? Is it the right foundation for this kind of place where we are building? And that's the pro- where the problem starts from most of the time because people ask the wrong questions. Yeah. I try to encourage, you know, young people in this church who are about to get into marriage. Don't rush. Do the right things. Put the right foundation in place because your lack of foundation will not excuse you from the storm and the rain of life. They will come in their seasons. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the Bible says, for everything there's a time and a season for every purpose under the earth. They will come in their seasons. Yeah. They will come in their seasons. The way God has programmed this world is that the wind, the rain, the flood, the storm, they have their seasons and they will come in their seasons and they are coming, coming to test the metal of what you are putting together. Yeah, that's what they're coming to do. So the, 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 the measure, the measure of my strength is when I put it against adversity. I'm no longer, I mean, I'm never going to get strong without any form of adversity. When you don't exercise your muscles and carry something, you know what happens? It becomes flabby and, you know, you can't really get anything out of it. You won't be able to train it. And that's how it is in life. For many people here who are used to going to the gym, you understand that when you get to the gym, you respect yourself. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. You carry something, but you don't carry what is too much for you. Because it's something you grow into. One of the greatest lessons I've learned in my life is that strength can be developed. Sometimes it takes time, but you can grow in strength. When I was, when I was in the boarding house as a small, I mean, young schoolboy, there was this thing that people used to carry. And when I got into the school, I also went there and I tried to carry it. I could not lift it. You can imagine if I have this frame now, what is the frame of an 11-year-old? What would I look like as an 11-year-old? I wish I had a picture I would have showed you. So you understand, I tried, I couldn't. But I told myself, I told myself, People carry this thing. I'll carry it one day. The only thing is that every time when we resume, I go back to check. Before I left that school, one day I lifted it to the glory of God. Yeah. Because I refuse to give up. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Over the years, I built strength. I built strength. And that's how life should be. We're not supposed to remain on the same spot. I had another challenge about two, three years ago or so. Uh, my wife and I were in, in the States and, uh, you know, visiting with my, my brother-in-law uh, who was graduating his MBA at that time and we were in the States. So we went for the, uh, for the graduation and, you know, I think the, the next day or so, he said, oh, uh, PG, uh, let's, let's, go, let's go to the gym. Let's, you know, he is into, you know, he's, he's a gym instructor and, and all that and, um, he, he was doing that with his schooling and all, making some money from that. So he had this uh, YMCA gym where he, he, he instructs and free access. So he says, let's go. And we, um, we enter. We went. When we got there, we had this, the, the, it was uh, an aerobic session with some little bit of weights and all that. And middle-aged people and older people. So I saw some 60-something year old women. You know, they were all there doing everything. And I was like, ah, I'm in my 40s now. How can 60-year-olds be carrying all these things? What I didn't tell myself was that they were going regularly. Yeah. That was my first time in the gym that year, that time. That, that was May of that year and it was my first time. <laughs> I do some other stuff, so don't cast me down. I do some other stuff. Yeah, yeah, I do some other stuff. I run, I cycle, I swim, but I don't carry weight. And everything has its effect. So this is the issue. We got in there. The instructor would say, okay, move, carry this one. 20. One, two, three. And this is maybe like 20 kg or something. But, and they have it in different size. Someone old woman carried like 25 or 30 kg. And she was doing so me too. I carried it. And I was... <laughs> the only problem was that we finished and I was feeling cool with myself. 
The next morning came. All the cool feeling left me. In fact, unfortunately, we were to leave for Nigeria, I think the day after, that day. It was one of the most excruciating flights of my life. Because to even sit was a problem. Everything was stiff. <laughs> and I was like, who sent me? <laughs> you know when you're on a flight, sometimes you want to catch a nap and you want to raise your... So I just... To do the... Everywhere was aching. It was terrible. And it went on for about three to four days. To sleep on my bed. It's one of my most unforgettable experiences. How you struggle to sleep for two days because you went to the gym. But this is the point I'm trying to make. How do you test your strength if you are not going to carry anything? Because some people want the kind of life where you won't have to carry nothing. The Bible says that if you fail in the day of adversity, it's because your strength is small. It's because we want to measure your strength and you're shying away from recognizing that this is the level I am right now and this is the the next level that I need to move to. Luke chapter 11 from verse 21 Jesus here was addressing a particular issue about when he cast out a demon and he said he, was, he, he himself was demonic and was saying the kingdom uh, you know, that rises against itself will not stand. But he now described how something operates which is about strength. He said when a strong man, fully harmed, guards his own place or palace, his goals are in place. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, it takes from him all his hammer in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Jesus said, a strong man and a stronger man. God's intention is that you and I will always be the stronger person. Yeah. So that when the devil comes, we are the one that will spoil him and carry his goods. Not the other way around. When you refuse to build strength, when you are supposed to build strength, you may be the strong one, but the stronger one can come. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? I pray for you this morning that you are receiving strength in this service over and against every adversary. In the precious name of the Lord Jesus. You know, there's a way you can understand your Christian journey that you all only see it only from the point of view of a life of no pressure. And there's no such life. It doesn't exist. You know, a life where you don't have to test your strength against anything. It doesn't exist. Paul gave an example of the kind of life and the kind of things that he had to go through. In fact, when you read Paul's CV in some of the epistles, you see all the things that he went through. In perils of, of, of the sword, in perils of armed robbers, in perils in, in the belly of the, of, you know, of, of the deep, many times. Paul was wrote so many things about his own adventure and the kind of pressure and the kind of things that he, adversity that he went through in his own life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 8 and 9, he said, but I would tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost for a great and effectual door has opened to me and there are many adversaries. You know, if a modern day Christian is writing what Paul wrote here, Said, I will, I will tarry here in Ephesus for a great and effectual door has been opened to me. But you want to talk about the adversary. But Paul said there are many adversaries in Ephesus. And in chapter 15 of the same 1 Corinthians, earlier on he was writing about resurrection from the dead, writing to the Corinthian church and said, why are some people deceiving you that there's no resurrection of the dead? He said, don't you think that me, if I know there's no resurrection of the dead, I won't risk my life the way I've been risking my life. And he wrote there, verse 32 of 1 Corinthians uh, 15. He says, if in the manner of men, I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage is it to me? If the dead do not rise. Paul was saying, I fought with beasts at Ephesus. I risked my life. Mainly because I believe what's the worst case scenario? I die and there will be resurrection of the dead. Yeah. 
that I will not live the take it easy life running away from one adversary to the other. I confront. I fought with beasts at Ephesus. Glory be to Jesus. Somebody, it's time to fight and release the strength that God has given you because victory is certain. Glory be to Jesus. Or somebody say, say, say amen to that. Adversity will surely come. Adversity will surely come. Generally in life, there are three areas that the devil specializes in. There are many areas he attacks, but there are three areas he specializes in. Income, which is finance. Two, health. And number three, family or relationships. Those three areas are very critical. Very critical and very critical to the devil. Pressures come from those three areas. A lot. A lot of pressures. There are many, many other areas. But when you talk about income or finance, when you talk about you know, health, when you talk about family, relationships, marriage, and all that, those are three critical areas that the devil will want to strike. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come, I have come, that you may have life and have it in abundance. So I prepared for you ahead of time so you know that these things will come, but you need to build strength. You need to build strength. You need to build strength. Paul, from the standpoint of being resolute, no excuse, no, no reason for not building strength and confronting. Paul was writing in Romans chapter 8 when you read from verse 35. He said, who shall separate us from the love of God, from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress? What Paul was doing here is to say, look, let's make a list. <laughs> let's make a list. Such as tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Say amen, somebody. Amen. What Paul was saying there is that, guys, as far as I'm concerned, I'm done with this thing. Yeah. Make a list. I've, I've covered, he has made up his mind. Nothing. To the point he said, nor any created thing. <laughs> because everybody that is confronting you now was created. As a name. He said, nobody will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Some people have lived their life in such a way that the adversity of the past and the adversaries of your soul are prompting you right now to even second guess God and the love of God in your life. Some people have asked the question, is God still in my life? If God is still in my life, how should I be going through this? How can a man treat me like this if God is still in my life? How can a woman treat me like this if God is still in my life? But what you don't understand is that God is expecting you to make up your mind. That I'm not going to cut off from God because of a situation, a human being, or a circumstance, or anything. Paul said, bring it on, devil. I'm in this for good. Going nowhere except heaven. Yeah. On my way. That was what Paul was saying. Bring it on. What will separate us from the love of Christ? <laughs> what? What life situation? We're talking about stronger than the adversity. What life situation is strong enough to separate you from the love of Christ? Paul said, I've made up my mind. So in in making his list, he made sure, I mean, he was very sure to put everything and the things he could not think about, he put them in in general. (laughs) Nor any created thing. Because somebody, how can somebody be an apostle and still fighting beasts at Ephesus? And he will not say, is the calling of God not for my life? God, didn't you send me? How come uh, beasts will not be, you know, 
And when he used the word beast, he used it in generic. I, I did a, uh, um, an extensive study a few weeks ago on this beast thing. What was Paul talking about here as beast? Some people said in the days of Paul, you know, they used to do that um, kind of fight where they put human beings in the ring and release animals to fight them, to destroy them. That it could have been something like that. And it could have been human beasts too. High-powered people who wanted to snuff life out of him and destroy the call of God upon his life. But he said, I fought with beasts as Ephesus. And he said, whether it's real beast or human beast, he lived to write about them because he survived. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Yeah. You will write your story. Amen. I said, you will write your story. Amen. It shall be published and it shall bless many lives. Amen. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Whatever you may be going through, wherever you may have been, God said, my strength is what is supposed to make the difference for you. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10 and verse 13. The Bible says there's no temptation that is come to you that is not common to man. It said God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted more than that which you can bear. And in every temptation, he will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So, how we view adversity is directly proportional to our understanding of the source of our strength. Yeah. How, we, how we view adversity is directly proportional to our understanding of the source of our strength. What is the source of your strength? Because that's what determines how you view adversity. Yeah. Well, if you know that you have, that where, you, where money comes to you from cannot be dry, if you lost a hundred million naira, you won't commit suicide. In fact, you can, you can have, you can invite some friends over for a drink in the evening. Knowing that there's more where that one came from. And they have not shut the tap. The tap is still flowing. I used to, uh, do, uh, do you get what I'm saying today? Yeah. I was sharing the first service how I was in a relationship once. And um, in my adult life, that was the first person that I really, really dated and I wanted to marry. And she said she's not doing it again. I was devastated. It was very bad. I went to beg her like twice. If you have begged for love before, you are not alone. <laughs> Your pastor did. Yeah. I mean, you can imagine when somebody is telling you, come in three days, maybe I will consider it. <laughs> it was not good. Now, in retrospect, I knew that something was wrong with me. <laughs> but it was all for good because, you know, this is where I'm going. Just like... Uh, Manuba was saying, when I heard that this lady was getting married, and we had a circle of friends, same kind of friends, and she threw out an open invitation to all the friends. I made up my mind I was going to attend. Some of my friends said I should not come. I said I will be there. I said the Bible says rejoice with them that rejoice. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go. So I went. I went. I drank juice. I ate rice. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed myself. Just obeying the scriptures and working in love. Some people saw me there. They were still dodging me there. That was how bad it was. Some people could not greet me there. Because they didn't know what to tell me. <laughs> you know how bad it is? <laughs> this is me present at a party. I saw some people who knew me. Who we were all friends. And they dodged me. Because they didn't know whether to say sorry. Or... <laughs> See what the Lord has done. <laughs> I can't say more than that. Glory be to Jesus. The truth is this. Your life with God is not about who is with you or who has worked out. Jesus said, in this world, John 16 and verse 33, you will have tribulations. So these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer. 
I have overcome the world. How many overcomers are in this house? If you believe you are overcoming with Jesus, put your hands together this morning and celebrate it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's start to tie this all together. There are different kinds of strength. Some people will say, but I'm strong. I believe I'm strong. In fact, I don't even need any adversity to test my strength. I'm, I'm strong. Yeah. So there's physical strength. So you are fit, strong, you enjoy good health and all that. That's one kind of strength. There's emotional strength, very critical. That one is extremely critical. Physical strength is also critical. Emotional strength, more critical. Because you can be physically strong if you're emotionally weak. Your strength is useless. Emotional strength. You have good interpersonal skills, healthy self-esteem, emotional intelligence, you're a good spouse, good parent, good what have you. But you need to be mindful and conscious of building this emotional strength. When you are emotionally, you are emotionally low, it's difficult to see things from a positive standpoint. It's difficult to walk by faith when your emotions are down. That's why David spoke to his soul. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. Because emotional strength is important. Very, very important. Depressed people find it difficult to walk in faith. I believe that this year God is delivering somebody completely from, from depression. I cannot hear your amen. amen. Financial strength is also important. You're gifted in money making, money management. You are not averse to risk like many of us. You do and you make good money. You are intuitive about investment, you know, and all that. The only thing is that the Bible says that wealth can develop wings and fly away. Yeah. So, we're not supposed to put our trust in money and in, only in our financial strength. Somebody can be a financial whiskey, but a wreck emotionally. Yeah. A wreck emotionally. Can't keep anything together. Can't keep a friendship You have all the money. Intellectual strength is another one. You're naturally intelligent, a problem solver, a star in your field, at work, and all that. But you also need to understand that there are other areas to build strength. You can be a computer whiskey and, like I said, can't keep anything, any other thing together. It still doesn't work. Spiritual strength, spiritual strength, which is the the most important. You have strength with God. So God is not only the source of your strength, God is your strength. But I want you to listen to this. When adversity comes in an area where you do not have natural strength, like I've enumerated, Failure becomes a possibility. But that's where the God factor should come in. Can I say this to somebody here this morning? You may have developed capacity for strength in certain areas, but there's no one human being who is an all-rounder in strength. That's where we need God. That's where you need God. Yeah. That's where you need God. Because you may be strong intellectually, astute, Emotionally very weak. Or maybe you are not even able to turn your intellectual strength to money. So financially very weak. And the Bible says money answers all things. Yeah. That's why, that's why we need God. God is the one that can show you up in the areas where you are weak. And help you to focus on your strength. And make the connections. Make the connections. Is somebody say with me today. The only way to be able to win consistently, even in the face of adversity, is to live a life that is fully trusting in God, especially in the areas where I know that I'm weak. So spiritual strength is the most important strength to build. That's the most important strength to build, is spiritual strength. Spiritual strength. 
Can you help me look at your neighbor this morning, eyeball to eyeball, and tell them, build your spiritual strength? Because when you build your spiritual strength, it helps you to show up the other areas and to pick up things here and there. Because God is not only the source of our strength, he's our strength. David in the Bible happened to be a man who went through too many things. When you think about the life of David, you will refrain from thinking that God is against you. If there's a man, if there's a man that should think that God is no longer in his life, it's David. Yeah. But yet, he stayed with God and trusted God. David, from the days of his youth, was left in the backside of nowhere just to take care of his father's sheep. The lion will come, the deer will come. David used them to, stress his, to, to, to test his strength. They were the minor adversities that he dealt with. And then from there, started to build strength. But as if it's not enough, at every critical juncture, there's always one adversity or the other. From Goliath, the moment he finished dealing with Goliath, Saul showed up. Yeah. And Saul said, you know what? You killed Goliath, but I'm going to kill you. And there was nothing in them plot. Nothing in them plot. Somebody may be listening to me this morning. The leaders in your industry, the beasts in your industry is against you. God is your strength. Don't cave in. Don't cave in. David did not. David did not break God's laws because of that. David did not look for shortcuts to the throne. He relied on God as his strength. He relied on God as his strength. So round up this morning, I want, I, want, I want to just drop one or two encouragement. How to build strength like David. How to build strength like David. One, walk in revelation knowledge of God as your strength. David had an unparalleled revelation. His revelation of God as his strength was extremely uncommon. Please give me Psalm 18 from verse 1. Many Psalms, Psalm 18, 19, you know, different Psalms. But let's look at Psalm 18. When you, you need to ask yourself, how deep is the person that wrote this Psalm? How deep was his med- meditation about God and his understanding of God as his strength? Psalm 18 from verse 1. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. Look at verse 2. The Lord is, look at the words, the metaphors that he was using. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. In one verse, David used so many words. That if you want to paint them, as in if you want to put them, you know, you, you will see that these are very deep revelation of who God is to him. Say, God is my stronghold. The place that I run to. And I don't only gain strength, but I receive a shield from my enemies. Say, my God, my strength. My rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my shield, the horn of my salvation. Verse 3 says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and so shall I be saved from my enemy. David also happened to be a strong worshiper. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and he says so because he knows that in the place of worship, strength comes upon him. David then spoke about the fact that at a point in his life, death was a reality. Death was knocking at the door. Verse 4. The pangs of death surrounded me. And the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. <laughs> the sorrows of Sheol, verse 5, surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. And cried out to my God. 
He heard my voice from his temple. And my cry came before him, even to his ears. And look at how he described. I mean, David was just meditating and bringing all these things out by divine revelation. How God moved. He described the way God will move. He said, then the heart shook. Verse 7, put up verse 7, please. Verse 7. Then the heart shook and trembled. The foundation of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he was angry. <laughs> Somebody here, God is getting angry at your adversary. David said, this is what will happen. I know my God. Yeah, if he moves, something, something will happen. Can you, are, are you bringing yourself to that depth of revelation? Because what you know about your God is very important. Daniel 11 and verse 32, it says, They that do know their God shall be strong and do exploit. What's your depth of revelation as God uh, uh, in God as your strength. It's very, very important. So walk in revelation knowledge of God as your strength. Number two, honor the covenant above all else and make God's word your final authority in all things. How do you make decisions? How do you confront adversary? Is it just by your mind? Or do you seek to know what the mind of God is? Or do you seek to know what is written in the word of God concerning these kind of situations? The word of God, therefore, has to become the final authority in your life. Final authority in your life. Psalm 199 and verse 105 said, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgment. David said, I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgment. Can you say that you have sworn and confirmed that the word of God will be final authority? That's where we draw strength. Where you can confront a situation and you say, but God, I obeyed your word. Yeah, I obeyed your word. So I cannot be left alone. That kind of person will not say, but God, where are you? No, God is there because you've been treading on his word. Are you still with me today? But God, I obeyed your word in this situation. I cannot be le- left alone. I cannot be left alone. I cannot be left alone. That was how David walked. David had a chance to kill Saul to the point that he caught the hem and he was showing Saul. He said, but I will honor God. Yeah. You can't behave like that and still be afraid of death. Where your enemy was delivered into your hand completely. And you said, because of God. Because the word of God must be final authority. He said, I will not touch the lost anointed. Because he didn't see it in the scriptures where anyone touched the lost anointed and went scot-free. He said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Is the word of God final authority in your life? Then you gain extraordinary strength to face any adversity in life. If anything should hit your industry, the only thing that will stand is what God has planted. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, the Amalekites came and raided Ziglag, where David was with his servants and uh, all their children and their wives and their possessions. They took everything and burned down everything. And they got back there. David was crying. His boys were crying. And his boys had a bad idea. Let's stone him. He said, Nokulet, he's a bad leader. It was a terrible thing for David. David went through stuff. Went through serious issues. Everybody came against him at that point. And the Bible says David cried, cried, cried. And after a while, he summoned courage and encouraged himself in the Lord his God and called Abiatra the priest. Bring me the ephod. The ephod was a spiritual implement that he used in those days to, to seek the face of God. And David asked the question, should I pursue? Will I overtake? Will I recover her? The word of God was final authority. If God said, don't pursue, that's the end. David said, let them carry it. It's okay. But God said, pursue, for you will overtake and you will recover her. David pursued, and it happened exactly the same way. Simple. Yeah. Simple. Very simple. Make the word of God final authority in your life. That's my point. Honor the covenant and make the word of God final authority. Next is trust God in all things and for all things. Trust God in all things and for all things. 
David trusted God in his emotions, in his aspirations, even in his aspiration to become king. He trusted God all the way. I'm not going to cut any corner. I'm just going to go with God all the way. Trust God in all things and for all things. I don't want to own anything that God will not give me through legitimate means. It becomes a burden. It becomes, you know, something that can bring a curse and deplete my strength rather than giving me strength. So we trust God in all things and for all things. Then we walk in strength. Be vulnerable before God. That's my next point. Especially about your weaknesses. Be vulnerable before God. Especially about your weaknesses. James 5 and verse 16. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. Confess your faults one to another. Be vulnerable before God. Be vulnerable before God. Especially about your weaknesses. David embraced vulnerability. He turned to God in pain. And in his moral and personal failures, he will always go back to God. David messed up with Beersheba. He went back to God. He didn't try to prove a point. He went back to God. What is taking you away from church? What is taking you away from your circle of strength? The moment the devil tries to isolate you and you succumb, it's after your strength. The devil has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The first thing he wants to steal is your joy. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. The moment he steals your joy, he has stolen your strength. And then he keeps isolating you. Keeps isolating you. Somebody who is to be strong, a fully devoted follower of Christ, now makes an excuse to go to church once in two months. Two times a quarter. And the word of God is no longer relevant because you don't even listen to it, whether in church or outside of church. But entertainment becomes more important because you have to deal with sorrow. And you want to block some things off your mind. And then you ask the question, is God still in my life? It sounds like I'm describing you this morning. It's time to run back to Jesus. Because he's always waiting for you. Glory be to Jesus. Lastly this morning, lastly, like I said before, become an unceasing worshiper. Rejoice always. Because joy brings strength. Joy brings strength. And it's a weapon of warfare. David is always worshiping God and always drawing strength in his presence. There's strength for every adversary. Strength for every adversary. Strength for every adversary. As we walk into 2018, I want you to know there's nothing you're going to do about the rain, about the wind, natural occurrences of life. In their seasons, they will come. I'm using them figuratively, but I need you to understand that some things will come. What God needs you to focus on is not what is coming, but your strength. Because if you feel in the day of adversity, it's a matter of your strength, not the adversity. <laughs> yeah. It's not the adversity. It's your strength. Because everybody will go through the, almost the same thing. That's why First Corinthians 10 and, 10 and 13 that I quoted before says, every temptation is common. Common. Common to all men. Come on to all men. If it's raining outside now, we finish this service, all of us are going into the rain. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. So it's not the adversary. It's my strength. Is somebody ready to receive strength this morning? I said, are you ready to receive strength this morning? Because in 2018, like I said, rain will come. Wind will come. Storm will come. It's a part of how life happens. If your roof is leaking, do something about it because rain is going to come. Yeah. Do something about it. Build strength with God. Lift your two hands with me all over this place this morning and say, Father, I receive strength. Come on, let's, let's sing that song to Jesus this morning. And as we sing that song, I want the prayer in your heart to be, Lord, I receive fresh strength. Strength for every adversary. In the months ahead, in the weeks ahead, whether uh, any adversary, adversary in marriage, adversary at work, adversary anywhere. We sing that song, you are my strength, strength like no other. We are confessing that our hope is in Jesus. Our strength is in Jesus. And I want you to turn it to your prayer this morning all over this place. If you are watching on the internet, join us and sing this song to him.
and let's receive strength in his presence this morning. Lift your two hands to him. time around as we sing this song I wanted to deliberately look at those areas you know I describe many areas of strength and there are areas where you are weak and that's where we need God the most as we sing that song look at the financial situation look at the marital situation as we sing that song look at that health challenge and I wanted to just just lift it up before God this morning as we sing knowing that God is your strength in that area and it's coming true for you. Come on, leave that song to me. authority that is in the name of Jesus to prophesy strength over this congregation this morning over everyone joining this service on the internet I decree right now strength against confusion strength against sickness and disease strength against financial downturn in the name of the Lord Jesus strength against marital issues strength against relationship problems in the name of the Lord Jesus, I stand against every spirit of confusion. I decree that in 2018, you enjoy divine clarity. In the precious name of the Lord Jesus, I command upon everyone here today, grace to engage the favor of God. The favor to be at the right place at the right time. With the right people. To walk in covenant with God. Strength to obey the word of God. Strength not to give in to besetting sins. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Strength to embrace joy. I break the hold of the spirit of heaviness. It shall no longer be a thing in your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Strength to obey the joy of the Holy Spirit. All the days of this year. Father we thank you. And we bless you. Wave your hands to him and bless him all over this place. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We give you glory and we give you praise. We give you glory and we give you praise. We give you glory and we give you praise. I hear in my spirit about someone who has been crying, crying. And it feels like God has left your life. The Bible says, we may endure for a night. But in the morning comes joy. I see joy coming to you. I see joy coming to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. An end has come to the season of crying and wailing in your life. I prophesy this morning a new season. It's your winning season. 
It's a season of joy. A season of celebration. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know how, what this means to anyone here. I just hear number two. I, I don't know whether it's like you should try again or you're going a second time. Whatever it is. Number two. Number two, for someone here today, I don't know whether it's a second business, a second marriage. It's number two. But God says, I'm strengthening you. Where you failed before, you will no longer fail. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Where you failed before, you will no longer fail. Somebody who needs to come back to something, go back to something. As you leave this place this morning, strength to outrun and overtake comes upon you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I receive the spirit of boldness for you. To walk into anything that God has placed before you. That's a great comeback for somebody here. I said, that's a great comeback for somebody here. In the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. We praise you. Celebrate Jesus this morning, somebody. Hallelujah. Please, you may have your seat. Have your seat. Have your seat. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless your name.